when I achieve this, I will be that Uh. versus it's never the doing. The being is always informing the doing. And is it possible that the story you have told yourself and that you're clinging onto is that happiness and financial success cannot coexist? There's a lot of that out there and you just take it to yourself. I'm responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen in my life. Anybody listening to that right now, I'm just, just sit with the first thing that comes up. That's the, yeah, but. I'm coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. My mission is to help you crush your self-limiting beliefs and embrace being unapologetically you. The Born Unbreakable podcast brings you inspirational stories from all over the world that will empower you to unlock your unbreakable spirit. I'd love to partner with you on your next breakthrough. Go to bornunbreakable.com to schedule a free transformational call. Action begins today. Are you looking for a one-stop shop in Las Vegas where you can comfortably stay and host an event? Athena Estate is located in Southwest Las Vegas, just 10 minutes from the Strip and offers everything you need. On over an acre of land, this indoor-outdoor venue is perfect for an intimate retreat, a small wedding, or a milestone birthday. We offer a variety of packages and services that will fit your needs and your budget. Book with us by December 26th and receive 20% off your stay or event. Visit staydorado.com, that's S-T-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-O.com to learn more. We look forward to customizing your next experience. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm so excited about the guest that I have with me today. We've already been having an enriching conversation before we started uh, recording here, so I feel like I'm already in a flow, but I have Kevin Kermis with me today. He is many things amongst being a father and a husband. He's a serial entrepreneur, and he does something that I think is so needed in the world because I've been having more and more conversations with people about this very thing. So Kevin helps people figure out what are they going to do next. <laughs> so um, I think it's it's a fascinating thing because transitioning and making choices to go from something maybe that many people have been dedicating their life to in, in some way and and having something inside of them, tell them, I I really am feeling called and compelled to do this other thing that's burning is scary. It can feel terrifying. It can feel confusing. It can feel like you're going through an identity crisis and, you know, all of these limiting beliefs and thoughts and, and other people's opinions, which is awesome (laughs) because for some reason, Everybody else feels like they know exactly how you should be living your life, right? They want to be in the driver's seat of your life. And I think, um, you know, it's times like this when you're in a place thinking about what you want to do next that you need to be the driver, you know, in your life. So um, he co- he's a co-founder and partner in Create Next Group, where they build companies focused on helping professionals create what's next in their careers. He also founded Career Attraction in 2008, and they've helped more than 16,000 high achievers land six-figure jobs that they love. So he's done a lot of other things, like an infantry officer. And one of the things that's near and dear to my heart um, is the U.S. Army. So 
we're actually recording this episode on the day of my father's birthday. He's no longer with us, but he was also in the army. And so when I go to visit his grave, he's buried up in um, Colma in Southern San Francisco. Um, you know, I, I get to go to the, the section where all the veterans are. And um, it, so I, I commend you and thank you for your, your service because it's near and dear to my heart. I come from a, um, a a family full of veterans and um, military men. So, so thank you for that. But I'm very excited for you to be here today, Kevin. I'm I'm thrilled to be here, and and thank you for your dad's service and and your families. So I think a lot of times we forget that the the family <laughs> the families are in this too. <laughs> Absolutely, there's just there's so much sacrifice. There's so much yeah. sacrifice, you know, that goes into. It. Um, and I think that's such an amazing part of people's journeys when they make the decision to do that. But, you know, before I start talking about your how you got into this this business of helping people, I'd love to know your personal your personal journey, your personal story. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll go I'll go back to the beginning and, and keep this as tight as possible. I I, I had a I had a pretty uneventful uh, and fortunate childhood, you know, uh, grew up two great parents, moved a little bit growing up to follow my dad's career. Um, I have a phenomenal sibling. I was, I was a only child till about nine. And uh, then my sister came along, which has been, been really cool, particularly as we've gotten older to, to kind of come back together around like 30 and 40 respectively um, and be on similar paths. Uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I had a plan when I graduated high school, I went to a phenomenal prep school, got into college. It was never, never really a choice around that. Um, and studied history and Spanish because my father had been a history major and his life seemed to have worked out pretty well for him. So that was about how much thought went into that. Um, so, and uh, I, I realized pretty quickly when I was when when I was in school that um, it, it was not really for me. I didn't have I didn't really see the purpose around it. I was I was struggling with it. I took a year off right as we put troops into um, Kuwait for the first uh, Super Bowl in the sand, Desert Storm. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about a draft at the time. And I thought, well, I'm 20. I have no job and I'm not in school. So I'm probably a pretty good candidate for the draft. That that never happened, but it, it got my wheels turning about service. My father had been in the Navy serving in the military. Um, I got back into school and working at the same time going through school, I came to realize really quickly, Hey, I, I think I want to follow a different path. If the pot at the end of the, you know, rainbow pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is at that time I was working inside a bank is going to a management training program for banking. This is not, I, I gotta go do something else other than that. Um, so, you know, my, my ideal was to be an infantry officer, did that. That was a phenomenal four years. It was a very short stint for me. Um, had my daughter, got to travel all over the world, work with some phenomenal human beings, and that experience gave me infinitely more than I ever gave it. Um, so get out, like most veterans, very clear on on what I had done and what that skill set was. Not quite sure what that was going to translate into. Um and after a short stint in transportation, 
um, I, uh, I stumbled into headhunting and discovered I was, I was pretty good at it. Um, and, and loved, and, and this, this becomes important in terms of this journey of what I do now, mm-hmm. starting to realize that there are these patterns of not so much what I was doing, but how I was doing it. Um, getting out of the military, I talked to some commanders who I'd worked for and I had put together my resume of all the cool guy stuff I thought I had done. And then they're telling me what they thought of when they thought of me, the things that they would give me and go, Hey, Kevin's got this. I'm not even worried about it. Hey, if I had this problem, I would never hesitate. I wouldn't think to call anybody but you and realizing, starting to realize that there's a pattern of things at a, at a higher level, kind of a macro 30,000 foot level that mm-hmm. um, just kind of come naturally or I'm good at and, and hopefully you enjoy them too. Right. So, so it sort of gets into that zone of genius. If you've read, uh, you know, the big leap. So um, once I step into headhunting, what I come to realize is I'm, I'm fundamentally an, an entrepreneur. This starts to click off something a little bit, you know, that opens doors a few years later for me and opens a path for me later um, in that I have an outcome that I need to drive for this business. They're expecting me to go find people who are looking, go find companies that are looking, match them up, facilitate that process. The the guidance and the, the resources at that point in time were a computer with email. There were no job boards and a phone. So figure it out. And, and I did. Um, I loved it because it was very much like a deployment where you were given, Hey, here's, here are your guardrails. Here are the things that we want to make sure you don't end up on CNN and you don't do this and you don't do that. But other than that, like go, just go get it done, figure it out. Love it. Awesome. Um, so after about two and a half years of that, I realized I could either continue to do this for somebody else and get paid anywhere from like 30 to 50% of what I brought in or work the same amount make twice as much or work half as hard to make the same. Both my assumptions are wrong because I started the business right after 9-11 and nobody was spending money with headhunters. Um, but that just, that led me on this path of um, starting to build things and, and get curious about it and not get wed to this is what I've done and this is always how I've done it and therefore pivot when I start to get bored with things because I also started to discover a dark side to all this with myself is that when I get bored with something, I become really self-destructive. I don't have challenge and purpose in front of me in some way, shape or form somewhere in my life. As much as part of me yearns for the easy path to sit back and just relax and enjoy it all. Yeah. And make some really, really bad choices. That so. is, isn't that fascinating? That is so fascinating. Like one, so one of the things that I, I got certified in recently is the Hogan assessment. Yes. A friend of mine does that and is just loves it. Right. So um, in, in short form, the, the Hogan is assesses sort of three dimensions and uh, one's called the bright side. One's called the dark side. Yeah. And then one is basically about your values, you know, the things that drive you. And it's what's fascinating about the dark side is how you show up out of equilibrium. Right. So when you're not in your your best state where all things, all factors are 
all the cylinders are going. What does that look like? Because that's a version of you that, you know, you might have to be more enlightened about to understand your patterns, your behaviors, its impacts on yourself. And then also its impacts in the world around you. The, you know, and so that's, it's such an, a keen insight because I think with what you do now is, you know, people are coming to you at a time when they, it may be like that, where, you know, things are out of balance because something else is going on inside of them saying, I, I like this stuff here, but I'm just ready for this next thing. And I just have some questions about how to, to get there. Yeah. So it's, so it's interesting. A couple of things that come up when you, when you talk about that. The first is, you know, this, and I even use some of the language, like this idea of self-sabotage or, or when things aren't going well, I, I am a believer and I'm so grateful that you, you talked about this, the way you framed out the dark and the light side. Um, I am a big believer. Or I've come to believe because there's been a journey to this <laughs> that that I no longer believe in self-sabotage. I, I don't believe that I'm ever trying to sabotage myself. I believe that every part of me is trying to serve me even when it's not. And mm -hmm. that distinction that, that just came up for me was, well, Hey, when, when Kevin gets out of alignment and he starts making bad choices, part of that bad choice could be because we're not in alignment. We're just making, we're making choices. They're not good or bad. They just, they're not serving the path we know we're supposed to be on. So, Hey, instead of thinking about this as punitive, Oh my God, if I do this, I, I, I'm going to make horrible choices. And therefore I have to stay here making fear-based decisions. Realize that's me serving me saying, Hey man, heads up. <laughs> you need to, we need to, we need to start doing things that, that matter and get aligned with who we are and purpose and values. Cause that's how we show up not only well in business. That's how you're going to show up as a better spouse as a better parent as a better friend is just an overall better human being and mm -hmm. stay on track with why you're here yeah oh I, I resonate with that so much so how did you then shift from headhunting to the path that you're on now oh so um i i felt after I sold my first search firm that I was complete with headhunting, yet I continued to do it because I really wasn't sure what else to do. Um, and it's funny because I had discounted what some people would call reinvention or pivots and, and making changes. And, and when I make a decision to make a change, it is like that. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll build the airplane as we're running down the runway. I, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't need to have it all figured out. Um, so, and, and I'll back up one of the, one of the greatest gifts that I got out of headhunting and this, this relieved a certain thing that I had been chasing when I came out of the military, I had this goal of, of making a hundred thousand dollars the first year I was out. I think as a first Lieutenant, I made maybe somewhere around 40 or $45,000 a year back, back then. Um, <clears throat> within 18 months, I hit almost $300,000. And, and that was, that was awesome. Do not get me wrong. I, I could tell you countless stories that I can remember of like those moments where I'm like, this is, this, this, this is happening. Yet at the same time, it's like, why do I feel empty? Huh? 
because that's never really been the problem. And that's solved. I have a really good friend of mine who her father said one of the wisest things that stuck with me as sharing this with my daughter this morning over coffee, that any problem that can be solved with money really isn't a problem. And recognize some people will have friction with that. But what it brings up is that there's, you know, there's, there's, a, there's another level to what we call problems, which sometimes are distractions or are certainly challenges that need to be addressed. I got it. Um, life's a lot easier with it than without it, no doubt, mm -hmm. in, in our society. Um, yet there's a whole other level to satisfaction. Part of what I refer to as, you know, you can have success, you know, without satisfaction. So how do you find success, satisfaction, and not compromise? Another big one that, that brings up a lot of stuff for people. Um, so to go back and answer your question, that's where I found myself in 2008 was I don't, my then business partner in the second search firm and I were talking about our exit strategy and I was 38 at the time. And he said, well, you know, I think I'd like to sell this firm, get it positioned where we could sell it by the time of 50. And he was a couple of years older than me. And I was going, well, that puts me at 48. I don't think I want to do this for another 10 years. Well, hold on. I actually don't even think I really want to do this now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, wow. All right, we've got some stuff we do. We have, we've got some things we need to figure out. <laughs> As I've also learned, the second I come to that realization, I can't dial it in anymore. I just, I can't phone it in. So um, I had this idea about, given the work that I was doing at the time, which was with all these software uh, sales professionals, all highly, highly, just super smart folks, really successful, but I was just mesmerized by what they didn't understand was happening in the process and the money they were leaving on the table and how they could find some of these opportunities without me um, as a headhunter, although they're not paying the fees, but still, and, and the things I wanted to tell them, but I, but I couldn't tell them because mm -hmm. my fees are being paid by the company that's hired me to go find them. So I, I, I'm not their advocate. And it was amazing. Like they talked to me like I was their advocate. And then like, I can help advocate. And I love that you're telling me everything that's going on in your head. But the fact of the matter is like, that's the master I serve because they're writing the check. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and there was some, there was some friction internally for me that I, I can see now. I, I definitely couldn't feel the time. So I had this idea of taking what, what started with career attraction in 2008 was simply put the re-engineering, the reverse engineering of what you did as a headhunter. And I'm going to show other people how to do this. Um, a recession was looming and mm. it was double digit unemployment, particularly out on the West Coast. I remember 2008, like, having this conversation with someone this week um, talking about what those like the pink slip parties and all that stuff that was happening back then. Um, so there was a, there was a resounding response for it. The company grew really quickly. And again, funny to look back and realize that much of what I'm doing now, I was doing then. I just didn't realize it. There's a, one of my clients, this woman, Teresa Moretti, I remember having her on talking with a bunch of other clients one day and she said, simply put, Kevin shows you that you have everything you already needed. He just teaches you how to tap into it. And I remember pulling that up as a quote being like, oh, that's great. And it kind of made me feel good. But I didn't now I, I didn't even realize that's what 
that was the thing I was doing. I, like so many of us, had my value wrapped up somewhere else and not realizing that the real work I'm doing and where I need to just direct most, if not all of my intention is start with what's going on with you and how do you get out of your own way? Because what was interesting is at the time I was having a problem growing the company despite having tons of, I was having a problem valuing the worth because I kept looking at the value being around all this tactical advice where I'm like, nobody knows how to do this. Cause oh, by the way, even though these people are stuck right now, they've done this before they've done it. Well, everybody's a high mm -hmm. achiever and not realizing it took years and years and years to realize, well, actually the real problem is you've all of a sudden created this story. You've created these blocks that are getting between mm -hmm. you and where you think you want to go. What has led to the work now is realizing that for many of those folks, when they start to realize that they've created these blocks to go get this next rung on the ladder that they told themselves they want, they start to realize, well, wait a minute. That's not really what I want. I've been following this pattern of, su of success. Right. And now in order to get to the next level, I'm going to need to sacrifice more. I'm going to need to give up more time with my family. I'm going to need to give up the things that I say that I want in order to get this other thing because, you know, insert all of a sudden, you know, I are talking about this before, they'll be on this track of starting to realize that it's inside here. And then all of a sudden, and because, well, that's how corporations work. This is the economy. This is, it's like, oh, you were so close. You're so close. <laughs> so close. Yeah, because we, we get influenced by everything else. And like, there is something to be said for following your gut instinct, for sure. right? That learning thing inside you that has the answer already, but you psychoanalyze it to the point where you, you shift away from the very thing that was the first instinct that, that you had. It's so funny. I was, um, I have a, a really wonderful friend that I've been, um, following her, her journey. And she totally moved out of the real estate. She's a super successful real estate agent, um, but started to build a business around helping people get out of toxic relationships. Her name wow. is Kel Cal, Kelly Kalia. And she, so then she just decided it's the most amazing story that she was going to move on from the successful career to focus on helping people with toxic relationships because that was just her burning passion. And she's going to be moving to Bali next month wow. in January to, you know, to really, really, really embark on it, like on in a full time mode. And I saw her post something um, yesterday and it said um, something like, if you don't like your story or like if your story is not serving you, rewrite that shit. Like, that's what it said. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so, because that's the thing, right? We're looking for that recipe, that recipe that, you know, like I'm going to follow that Betty Crocker because that's, you know, that's how you get the best outcome. But it's really when you add your own flair, you know, to it is that when you start feeling it coming into your own, right? Like that's, that's at least what I, you know, observe. Yeah, I, really I, I, I totally agree. And, and you know, we we as humans are are wired to get validation and seek feedback and want to know that we're on the right path and we've got our ducks in a row and all the other colloquialisms we have right 
So one, um, there's an echo chamber out there of a lot of other people who are, who are following a totally different path and, and that's okay. Not here judging it, but when you determine that's not the path, it's important to get out of that echo chamber. And I'm not talking about some cultish separation <laughs> for all the people in your life, but you do for a period of time need to regulate what you're communicating and how and go find a space. This is why I'm, I, I don't build anything anything from a transformation standpoint without community because what community does to accelerate transformation is like i i, I don't even know how to describe it and it and it is the most empowering like if i if i had to pick one thing that was non-negotiable and anything else i built in the rest of my life that had to do with transformation and helping people with it, it they would everything would have community at the core because being around other people who are like valued, not necessarily like minded, but like valued on a similar journey and sharing that. Oh my gosh. I mean, how much time do you have in terms of what that, what that accelerates? Um, I was just going to use that word acceleration. I mean, it's, it, exactly it, it does. You, you get, you get to sit there and, and hear, watch other people do the things that, that some part of you is, is, is telling you is dangerous, right? most curious mm -hmm. thing that I think is, or one of the most curious things that I think is going on in society right now is that we as humans have designed this thing, this world in which we are, you know, evolving technology, how we're supposed to interact. We've got so much data coming at us. That's all like change, 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 change. But that little amygdala, that lizard brain is like still thinking that there's a metaphorical saber toothed tiger waiting around the corner and going, whoa, 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 slow down. But we've built, I mean, this is, this is like our own little Darwinian story that we've developed here to help us, like, I don't know, thin the herd, whatever. I don't want to, I don't want to get like really dark about it, but like, it's interesting that we've, we've started to build these things and we've built a whole structure around things that are a full on assault to like what got us out of the primordial soup and got us. Right. And, and I, I have this conversation with people often because it's like, there is this dichotomy between tradition and innovation. Yes. Right? Like upholding a sense of structure and discipline and tried and true ways and practices while trying to live in the you know the, the the century that we're in and the and where we're going towards with technology and information exchange and the future and AI and all you know all the all this stuff so how can you appreciate both where you're recognizing and honoring that yes there's there's this way of things that have been done but also respecting that hey there's other ways to do things. Yeah. You know, Netflix came along and blew up the whole blockbuster, you know, vibe. And, and, you know, same thing with a Tesla or an Amazon or, you know, pick your poison. But it's because of those disruptions that we've advanced in ways that we never thought we, we would. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting to see those things that the, the things that have come out of disruption. I remember talking about. With, with clients um, about chaos theory in the midst of, uh, of the front end of COVID when lockdown was going on and, and recognizing when there's, when there's chaos, when there's kind of adjustment and when we're truly in the new normal and people misdiagnosing getting used to things as the new normal 
right? An adaptation mm-hmm. of like thrive or survive. Like the moment that you get out of like all, all my adrenaline's gone and now I'm just trying to figure out am I trying to survive or thrive? And to your point, <clears throat> the number of technologies that come out of disruptive environments or, or inflection points in, in the economy, culturally, um, politically, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's a choice that we all make about looking at those things. And, and I said this to clients at the time, I go, look, you can, I, I, I get it to be freaked out. Totally get it. Nobody here, mm-hmm. I don't even need to do a show of hands. Nobody here has dealt with the global pandemic. None of us have. So we don't really know how to show up and what to do. What I can tell you that I know for certain is this. There's a lot of uncertainty. There are a lot of problems. There's a lot of disruption. The choice is, do you go to ground and say, I'm going to hunker down. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, marshal my resources. Or do you say, where's the opportunity? Because I see a ton of opportunity. I see a ton of people who are lacking leadership. The leaders, are the, 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 they don't have the leaders that they need right now, that they deserve right now. Maybe a little bit of judgment in there, but they don't have the leaders they deserve right now. <laughs> um, and if that's you, cool. This is, holy smokes. There's a, this is why I was taking these things and I'm like, I'm sharing them with clients. I'm sharing with our team first, but then I'm putting it all out there because I'm like, this is, Somebody else gifted me with this knowledge. This needs to be propagated everywhere so that the right people who can lead other people grab it and go, okay, got it. Um, yeah. But what become, one thing that came, came up as you were talking about that that becomes interesting about this is that, you know, yeah, there are these different narratives that are going on and you can grab onto the ones that, that you want. If you're seeking validation, be careful where you're seeking it. But, but also in those disruptive states, going back to something you said before, is your intuition, as you start to give it, do what a friend of mine calls the 18-inch drop, right? You come down in here and you start kind of listening to this a little bit more. We can default to sometimes the chairman of the board, which is logic. And mm-hmm. these two things, Osho has a great book on intuition. And I forget where this comment is made in there, but it's... It's saying, stop trying to get the two of them. Stop trying to get your your intellect and your reason and your rationality to communicate with intuition because they are operating on separate planes. They don't talk to one another. They don't communicate with one another. And and you and I talked about this before we started. I'm a believer that everything that's coming up for me, the good, bad, and different. I can label it however I want to label it. I don't think that really helps, but everything that's coming up is trying to serve me, even if it's not. So if holistically or in, in your, in your entirety, everything that's coming up is like a, like a board of directors, it's, it's our job. However, we want to label us <laughs> as the individual to, to go, okay, I get where that's coming from, but that's not really going to help. I'll, I'll, I'll give an example around this. Something that a, that a coach helped me with years ago was in the in the midst of chaos, I, I do not have a problem making decisions. 
and it, and it's not a place I like to live. It's certainly not something I go and look for, but like that decision-making goes like this. And I don't, I don't think twice about it yet. I was finding myself hesitating around some decisions in business. And I was like, this is fascinating. I don't understand why I'm, why I'm creating this. And she taught me how to get curious around the emotions to start to dig in and, and learn a little bit more. And what I uncovered was this, when I was, most people who've seen me in person laugh when I tell the story because they don't believe it. When at first, second, and third grade, my best friend and I, Josh Bassett, were always the last two kids to be picked in PE, bar none. And it was one of those like, Kermis Bassett, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just, I'll take him. Fine. <laughs> and what I came to realize is every time I wasn't selected for something, every time that my idea isn't adopted every time I might talk to who I thought would be a potential new client and they didn't say yes. That little voice kept coming up. Of course, they're not going to pick you, right? Nobody's going to pick you. And old me would have gone, all right, we got to crush that. We're just going to crush that fear. We're going to push through it. We're going to shove it down. Like, that's just ridiculous. That's stupid. And she gave me the most empowering gift that helps whenever I get curious about this stuff. And it is now in a nanosecond, because it still comes up. It's always going to come up. It's part of who I am. Whenever it comes up in a nanosecond now, I can go back and put my arm around Kevin when he was six, seven, and eight and go, hey, man, that really sucked. That's not what this is. So I need you to redirect that energy. Stop focusing on that. And let's find the opportunity that sits here. Because you are next level about being committed to bringing that up. Your commitment through the roof. I just need you to commit to something different. And redirect. That's amazing. That Now that's radical self-awareness. <laughs> you know, we were talking about that earlier. And it's. It is, you know, sometimes that level of introspection, that's exercising getting out of your own way is how, as how you process those things. Because essentially I do think that those limit, limiting beliefs and those traumas, you know, kind of, you know, maybe not a big trauma, but like a, a trigger, yes. yeah. trigger I think that, that comes up and tells you, it takes you back. It takes you back to a time, whether it was a relationship, an experience, a moment, it, it, it makes you question, hmm, maybe I'm not made for this. Maybe I'm not built for this. Maybe, you know, all, all, the, all these crazy things that cr cross your mind. And it's not until you have that pep talk <laughs> of, wait a minute, I just need to rechannel my energy. This is an opportunity. This is a this is a, a pivot. This is a chance for me to think about this uh, in a new way, in a different way. Is going to take you to the action that you need instead of the paralysis that we often find ourselves in. For sure, which, keep us which which we created, right? I, I had I had posted um, this past week something on on LinkedIn about imposter syndrome, and I was like, hey, heads up for anybody dealing with imposter paraphrasing, but heads up for anybody dealing with imposter syndrome. Uh, when you find yourself in that next conversation, the next interview, whatever the case may be, the person sitting across from you is dealing with the exact same thing. We, yes. we, we all are. like, we, we're, we're all oh. doubting ourselves. And, and um, this woman, Lisa, who I'm connected with, who is a coach as well, commented, and she said, I want to, I want to normalize not calling it imposter syndrome. And I was like, 
holy smokes, you're so right, right? We've just, we've just taken, we've taken the simplicity of doubt and elevated it. We put, oh my God, you've got a syndrome. You don't have a syndrome. You're just doubting yourself. You're going, can I really do this? Can I? I, I, I think that's healthy to keep the ego in check versus sure. Bring it on. I can, I can do it all. Right. I like, and I was so, I was so appreciative for her comment of like, oh my God. Yeah. We just need to, we need to do away with this whole important syndrome. It's not a syndrome. Syndrome. Oh, yeah. not a syndrome, not a yeah. syndrome. It is. Word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like your psychology just gets all frazzled just because it's, it's that big, but we've latched onto it because that, you know, again, tradition would call it, would call it that. Yeah. So I'm curious so, about your process because um, like I got, I got an email and it was over Thanksgiving week. And then finally this week I connected with the individual, but they reached out. Um, they found me through different, different channels and kind of looked me up and, and saw like my consulting background, my coaching background. And by the time I get on the phone with her, she's a, a regional CEO and just reached out to kind of understand my journey. But the whole, the crux of the conversation was around her achieving this level which is amazing um, after, you know, several stints in executive roles, but being at a place where it's like, what's next? Like I have something that's, you know, that this is good, but I want to be able to use my energy, my skills, my abilities, my, all of that in, in, a, in another way. And like, could coaching consulting, is that a possible Avenue? So the conversation led to let's have you connect with maybe some other people and, you know, start exploring and, and doing this thing. But so it was very interesting. So I'm curious about your process because that's a natural thing. I mean, how do people usually reach out to you and begin this journey? Like the example that I shared to, to figure out what is next. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a conversation. Um, on, on any day, I, I typically don't find that I do much more than like two or three of these shorter conversations a day just to figure out, are we, we kind of speak in the same language and where's somebody at? And, you know, kind of spoiler alert, I'm trying to size up if somebody's really committed to, to change because it's, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment to start digging in and, and do the work to figure out what's next because I, I find most of the time people know what they want to do next. They, we, we already know we've either shoved intuition down, we put it in a backseat, we disempowered it. We, whatever, whatever decision we've made to have a disconnected relationship with our intuition. Um, we, we know, we know what we want next. There's, there's some story that we're telling ourselves that we either don't deserve it or it can't exist. I'll, I'll give a couple of examples of this just, just from this past week. Talking to a really good friend who I worked with and we did a couple different types of work together, but she recently, she, she'd been a high level, um, CPG marketing executive and unequivocally, like, I do not want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to, to, um, to, 
corporate America, I just, that would be a complete failure. Blah, blah, blah. God, all, all the, all the stuff that some people who are like burning the bridge behind them don't want to go back. She found herself in the past month making the conscious decision to do a consulting engagement to help with like a, a marketing strategy for a company that was totally outside of the space that she'd ever been in. So she goes up to Vancouver, I believe, spends a couple of days with the CEO and in the middle of it goes, isn't bad. Like actually I'm having fun doing this. What's changed? Oh, I have. And when she shared this the other day, it just made me realize how many times we misdiagnose there's, there's the being and the doing. And most people are thinking about the doing somehow they're shaping the being right. When I achieve this, I will be that wow. versus it's never the doing. The being is always informing the doing who I just said, we can have this exact same conversation tomorrow who you decide to show up as who I decide the story I'm telling myself behind all of that is what shapes our experience of the conversation collectively, individually, everything, right? It's, it's no different than what I was talking about earlier, where I'm looking back now and seeing myself saying things and going, oh, but who I was and the story I was telling myself about who I was, didn't see the value in that, didn't understand that the magic people were experiencing, even when they're telling me what it is they're experiencing, yeah. I'm so busy listening for something else I'm not paying attention to what's right in front of me. Even when I repeat it, even when I put it on a slide and repeat it to people, this client said yeah. this and people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I can look back now and realize um, that's why people are having that conversation with me. Another, another a, conversation that I had, th this one I thought was so interesting. And, and this is to, to your point about figuring out whether hey, we just need to chat once or there's something deeper here. And I'm I'm a big believer that like, that just becomes clear to everybody, right? Um, she had talked about having it. She goes, I've, I've never had a problem with being successful. It's not, I, I don't fear success. I'm like, okay, got it. I believe that you believe that. <laughs> so <laughs> what, what, tell, tell me a little bit more about that. And, and she's talking through it, but she's explained that every time she's been successful, she hasn't been happy. It's like, okay, so... First job you have, you take this, this one singular consulting engagement and almost 40 years ago turned, 40 years ago turned into a seven figure business within a year. And right now you are, you telling me that you want to go out on your own, but you're terrified it's not going to work. Why? I said, I'll, I'll just, we're going to take logic off the table right here because all the data points to yes, like that magic eight ball, all indicators pointing to yes, that you are going to be successful. Why do you think that isn't? What is it that you feel or you believe? And it was interesting because immediately she said, well, this is the first time in my life that I'll have a partner. I don't. I was like, okay. I got that having a partner and we can, we can, we can go down that. But what, what is the decision that, that you're making? Because you can, you continue to go give your power somewhere else. What's, what's going on? And she's like, I don't really know. I said, do, do you mind if I, there's something that's coming up for me that my intuition is telling me, and I'm just curious how it's going to land with you. You don't have to answer. I want you to sit with this. 
you have had all this success and every time that you have been financially successful and by all accounts, everybody is looking at it like you're crushing it in life. You're not happy with what you're doing. You finally decided and you know, because you've experienced it, you know, the thing that you want to do, that who you are and what makes you happy. And is it possible that the story you have told yourself and that you're clinging on to is that happiness and financial success cannot coexist? Because there's a lot of that out there. And independent of that, like if that's the story that you're telling yourself, that's, that's, that's everything. That is, that is the, again, yeah, won't call it a saboteur, but that's the place from which we're making decisions. And mm -hmm. the funny thing, not a psychologist, put that asterisk right there right now, not a psychologist. <laughs> but the funny thing about our brain is our brain doesn't know what to do with the absence of something. So if we're sitting there saying money, not happy versus I'm going to be financially successful and here's how I'm going to do it. And here's the, not, not the place of arrival, the place from which I'm coming every single day. What do you want that to look like? How do you want to do it? Let's just start doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And watch what unfolds. Wow. That is amazing. What was the response when you made that observation? She, she was like, I'm, I'm going to think about that. So, okay. Just don't, don't even think is okay. What I invite you to do is to start letting yourself feel that way. Now, if, if you another conversation with someone who wanted to take their, their very successful coaching business doing over a million a year, had this number of, of whatever it was, six, $7 million that they wanted to hit in a year. Why six to $7 million? Well, when I get there, I am going, this is what life's going to look like. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, this is how I'm going to feel. This is what just all these layers. Okay. Just do that now. And I'm not talking about going out and like buying the house and leveraging debt and fake it till you make it. I'm talking about the, that, that feeling now do the things that support that. And she made her like a radical, some radical choices in her business around like, no longer chasing this metric. This is the metric we're focusing on. And it's funny because it's a conversation. Man, I just realized this. It's the very conversation that I had the last year in my search business. So my business partner and I got together and we did the typical annual planning. Hey, we made this much. Let's try to do this much next year. And I'm like, check it out. I don't need to fly to Minneapolis from DC for us to do a bunch of math <laughs> on a piece of paper. What I'm curious about is let's break down all our clients and all the candidates we worked with this year, figure out the ones we really liked. How do we get more of them? Because even then, and it's funny, man, this is hilarious. Is that is almost 15 years ago. It is 15 years ago where I was using words like, I believe that if we find more people that we enjoy working with and just focus on that, that, that we will make not only will we make more money, we'll be infinitely happier in the business. We were not on the same page about that. Got it. Um, and now I understand why, because it all comes down to beliefs. But yeah, that's, that's it. Like, get curious when the yeah, but is coming up in your head and don't 
react to it, but like observe it and start a conversation because you can absolutely have a conversation with it because it's you. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that, and that, you know, and that I, I want to admire for a moment. Sometimes the conversation that we need to be spending more time on is the one with ourselves. Oh yeah. You know, all, sometimes I think we, you use the word earlier of guru when we were, when we were talking just one-on-one -on -one, and it was like, sometimes we guru rise things like thinking we always need a guru yeah. to validate our ideas, our thoughts, our feelings, because it's otherwise it may not be true. If someone doesn't stack hands on this, <laughs> like that has yeah. a certain number letters behind their name or a certain amount of money in, in the bank, then maybe this isn't, this isn't real. <laughs> this isn't true. So, and it's not to say, because I will be the very first person and everybody who listens to my podcast knows I'm a big fan of mentorship coaching. I, I've got them for days, for days, and I always will, but there's something to be said for your intuition and the time you spend with yourself to trust your gut and trust your instincts to know, you know, go through your decision-making process. And, and then there's a time and a place where you bring in, you know, the experts and the guidance and the direction and the, you know, this sort of thing. Cause I, I think we underestimate the power that we have to take us to the place where we actually want to go. Next. To totally agree with that. And, and, I, I had somebody recently asked me because I told them about a, a phenomenal, you know, community I'd been in, um, Rich Litvin, who I think the world of, I was in his four PC community for, I guess about 18 months, just shy of two years, I believe is where we, where I ended up. Um, man, I learned so much. I connected with some people who are going to be in my life for the, I don't see the runway ending <laughs> until the runway ends with these people in my life. And I'm, I'm totally grateful for it. At the same time, doing some of that really deep work, there was a point at which I can't remember if it was a, a card that I was given or something, you know, just the, the randomness. It was always interesting because he's very good about the sharing, the, probably not giving away too much, he's sharing kind of like these random gifts. And they were never chosen for somebody. And he talks sometimes about like, some of you guys like got upset with me because you thought I was trying to send you a message with what I sent. These were randomly given to you. So it becomes fascinating, the story that we attach to it. Um, and, and if I played this game with, with my son, who's eight, like with things that he gave me that could, and Rich had said he did this with his kids where I'm like, I had this story. I was telling myself around it and then Charlie comes in and I'm like, Hey man, what do you think of this? He's like, and it'd be like a figurine. And it was a figurine of like a woman warrior or something. And I've got this whole story. I'm telling myself like, what does Rich think? Like I, I have too much feminine energy and not enough masculine energy. Does he blah, 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 all this? And Charlie's like, oh man, those red boots are really cool. And he just walks out. <laughs> totally. That's his observation. What Rich shared this one time and it really hit me was, and it, and it was the, it was the permission I needed to give myself. It was this butterfly card. And it, Talked about the chrysalis stage and how uncomfortable and amorphous and mushy and going from caterpillar to butterfly is. And that's what it's like doing the work in the middle. I remember saying to a friend of mine, I, go, I don't think I've ever used these words to describe myself, but I'm kind of ready to pump the brakes on the self 
work and be a butterfly for a little bit. Because I know I can come back and do this again, but I need to just go stop digging another layer and another layer and another layer and just go, hey, let's let's do some active recovery right now. <laughs> just enjoy where we're at and see what's coming up. And it it got me out of a cycle of I need another coach. I need another. I've, I've got tons of mentors. That's that's a decision I make on how and an agreement I have with somebody on how I show up. Mark Silverman, yeah. who connected the two of us a couple weeks ago, I was in a I was just having a day, and I woke up that morning and decided, okay, I need to talk to somebody who I'm next level at not answering questions. From coaches that is my superpower <laughs> and watching it happen and calling it out and then continuing not to do it and i'm like who will call me out on my bullshit and see right through me like that oh mark will okay texted him like hey man when do you have time today i i need your insight on something call me when i'm walking the dogs at three cool and we get there and i just lay it out and problem solved so Sometimes that's what we need. Sometimes I also believe that the universe is giving us what we need and putting the things in front of us and, and had that conversation not been enough and been clear that we needed to go deeper. I think that the two of us would have known and maybe I would work with Mark. I don't know, mm -hmm. but it's not like I don't have it on a list of things for me to do. Like must find another coach, must find yeah. a mentor, must I just believe I've got to keep myself open to those possibilities. And when there are things that are coming up that I'm looking to solve and, and, you know, problems, although they're not really problems, just opportunities to, <laughs> to kind of up level or change or make new decisions. Um, sometimes it's a simple conversation. This is how I approach things with people. Sometimes the conversation's yeah. enough. Sometimes it's clear we need to dig in a little bit more, but there's got to be consensus around it. And it, and it certainly yeah. is not a hard sell because I'm like, I, I, I don't, I'm not pushing anybody to do it, man. The work's hard enough. If you got instant converted to do it hard, mm -hmm. that is, I have zero interest in that. <laughs> no. And I, and I'm with you. And I think, and usually, like you said, you're so accurate on this. People know what it is that they want. And they know when they're ready for something. And sometimes it takes that initial conversation to put that in check of whether they're um, committed, like you said, to, to take that next step, whether it's with support, whether it's on their own. But I think that processing, everybody deserves to give themselves time to, to process because yeah. usually that that's what that first step is is getting co collected with your own thoughts around something to validate you know what you should do next i want to move into a few questions cuz i'm just curious just given where we're sitting at this time of the year i'm always i was reflective about stuff and and i started ruminating on some things heading into 2023 and one of them was around intention and like, what is the word I, I always, you know, I'm in a mastermind and we start, well, I'm a little early for this, but I'm, but I'm priming the pump because I just, I have all these feelings about, you know, what I want to do next. And so it was prompting me to, to choose like, what is my word of intention 
for 2023. And so I landed on, on the word impact uh, because I know that there's there's something inside of me that's saying you, you need to spend more time thinking about all the ways that you do that in your business and in life and um, and really get your head around. Is, are you satisfied with the ways that you do that? And is there anything that you would be doing differently, you know, to increase your level of impact? So my question for you is, as you think ahead, what is one of your intentions moving into 2023? For me, the number one is to commit to being me every day. Because I, I, I know here, and I'm working on knowing up here. <laughs> you know, I'll be the first mm -hmm. one to say, like, I'm a work in progress on all this stuff. Um, yeah. Like I believe any of us are. This is part of my guru friction, right? Mm -hmm that when I do that, things fall into line and things unfold the way that they are, they are supposed to unfold. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest hurdle has always been consistency with that, which is a way to dance around not being committed to it every day. So yeah. if I think about it and, and, and not even, not even the, you know, I've got to have time to, to get centered and focused for the day and all that. Um, I don't think I really need to get focused to be me. I, I do think that reflection at the end of the day, reflection at certain key points when I'm checking in around how I'm feeling. I did this year's mm -hmm. coach where she said, I just want you to check in periodically and see how you're feeling each day and take note of it. So I immediately went to my phone. I plugged in three times a day where it would pop up and it just said feel. <laughs> and it was over my 50th birthday. I was totally unplugged. Business is running on its own. All the things that we should feel great about, right? And it would come oh. up, be feel, 8 a.m., feel like shit. Noon, feel, feel like shit, <laughs> feel, feel, just kept coming up and up and up. And I'm like, okay, we got some work to do. We got. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. As you think about how you spent your time <clears throat> this year, what's something that you want to spend more time on next year? Being more present with my kids. I, I watch, I have an eight-year-old and a 26-year-old. So mm -hmm. talk to the eight-year-old every day because he's under this roof. <laughs> um, the 26-year-old, I'd say probably every couple of days. Um, and they, I'm watching both of them grow into themselves as their own person in a way that, well, for both of them, I mean, the 26 year old is as old as I was when she was born. And I look at her and although we have very different paths that we've taken in life, I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, the self-awareness you have is like, 
eclipses where I was at your age a thousandfold. Um, mm. The commitments you're making to yourself and taking a path that's very different than most people around you would assume you were going to take or whatever. Like you, you are, you're doing your own thing and you're doing it well and you're doing it confidently. And I'm insanely proud of you. And I, and I let her know that he is the eight year old is growing into a leader and learning what leadership is, which a year ago he said, I don't want to be a leader because you just boss people around. And I said, if that's the kind of leader you want to be, it is. What do you, what do you want to be? I said, cause I'm going to tell you right now, he's a, he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, I could just by virtue of the fact that and I said, I'm not telling you anything you don't know that you're the most talented kid on your soccer team out there. People you're already getting people looking to you for what to do. It's happening. Nobody has to put you as a leader. You, you immediately are in a role where you can bestow leadership for other people. They're seeking it from you. So what do you want to do with that? Well, I want to make, I want, I want our team to be better. I want to, I want to help my friends. Cool. That's it. Let's do that. That's how you're. That was, show and again, like I, eight year old, eight year old me wasn't even getting picked. <laughs> like, kicked like, oh, like so. I was last. Yeah, you were just you just told that story. Yeah, so, so I mean, like, it's, it's I, a- I'm like I'm just fascinated. I'm even having this conversation with this guy. So I'm, not, yeah. like, I'm just sitting there thinking, eight year old you wouldn't have even selected me to come play with you. So. <laughs> Like, I, I, wouldn't have been, I, was, I was down there in front of the goal picking daisies while everybody else was trying to score points for the team. I was checked out. So, yeah. See, so the, the look how he doesn't even realize how far ahead, far ahead yeah. he, he actually is. But that, yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's incredible for you to have that reflection about that time because boy, does it go fast. And I'm sure you have that, that, recollection when you even just look at the age difference of your kids to see how fast time actually does go. It's it's, it's cliche, but it's so true. It, it, eight pretty soon will be like 26 before you know it. So it's just, it it really is kind of crazy how that, how that works. Kevin, what's a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? That, that I'm, good enough on my own that, that I, that it, let me clean that up, that, that I'm more than enough. And that is one that I would not say I have overcome. I've got a more open conversation with myself about it and a lot more peace around it than I did. And even a year ago. Yeah. That's deep. Okay. What's one success principle that has really impacted you? Focusing on what others need, not what they want, what they need, (laughs) and doing whatever you can to provide it for them. Yeah. Oh, that's so big because there is a big difference between wants and needs. That's a whole, that's part, there's probably a whole podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. If there was one last piece of advice 
that you could give to anyone listening right now, what would it be? To, to, to ask yourself a question. If you're sitting there and you are successful by all accounts, and there is something else that you're saying that you want in your life, don't ask yourself the question why you can't have it. Ask yourself the question why you're not letting yourself have it and get curious about that. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. That is something we should all ask ourselves, especially as we're thinking about that. Because I, you know, it is a question I think that will come up often. What's next? There's no, there's no ending to that. No, there's, there's not. I mean, the, the, it's, something that Rich Litvin said one time in one of our, one of our sessions was instead of looking at a goal as a place to arrive, use a goal as a place to come from, which totally reframed that being informing doing for me, made it very clear about what, going back to that story I told earlier, well, several of them. I mean, what we're, we're, we're thinking about achieving something as an arrival point, which then, Kind of begs the question if there's this thing you say you want so badly but you can't have it like what's that all about i mean I've, I've always been fascinated by people say my dream has always been to do x but there's and you know there's no way i could possibly do it well that's a pretty jacked up dream to have for yourself that's like a nightmare to, to tell you like your whole story is that the thing you actually want to do you get you if, if you can't do it like it, it literally can't happen you can't breathe water and you're not committed to figuring out how to breathe water then you know, move on to something else. But like, it's, it's just fascinating that how much of what we struggle with is choice. And when we take, you know, you talk about radical candor and, and, you know, even taking concepts like extreme ownership, something I learned in the military was, you know, we're responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen. When you take that and take it away from leading a unit group of people, a mission or whatever, and you just take it to yourself. I'm responsible for everything that happens or fails to happen in my life. Anybody listening to that right now, I'm just, just sit with the first thing that comes up. That's the, yeah, but okay. I can't keep myself from being sick. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, but you sure as hell can totally manage how you show up when you're sick. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just, it's funny how we're looking for the things that to me is what becomes so fascinating about the work that we both do around finding the escape hatches that people are creating for themselves to get away from the very same, very thing that they're saying that they really, really want. Yeah. Ooh, that's such a good word. It's so true. Everybody is trying to find those escape hatches and it's not until you face the music that you, you know, you, you really make the kind of progress that you want. And it, and it really comes, comes down to what that happiness truly looks and feels like for you. Because I guarantee it's not money, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's the, that's the funny part about all of this. And, you know, for every person that we've seen, achieve some of the most ultimate success 
Robin Williams, Anthony Bourdain, Kate Spade. They had all of that. And and the curious thing about money to me is that, um, and, and I've, I've had my own struggles with it, no doubt. But when I look back on it, it's because it's, it's coming from a place of misalignment. I'm trying to be something that I'm not. And therefore what I'm trying to like monetize isn't working because the rest of the world can be like, why would I pay you for that? That's not what you are. That's not who you are. Like, duh. Right. <laughs> and, and that's actually the, the easiest problem. That's, that's one of the first problems that I find gets solved is moving from a, a literal scarcity to abundance of opportunities when you get into alignment and then understanding what your value really is and the value not – I need to make this much. I've got to, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No, no, no. What's the, I, I, I look at everything I do through the, the money is a reflection of how important this is to you. And I only want to play and work with people. And I do use the word play intentionally because this should be fun. Some of it's going to suck, but a lot of it's going to be fun and, and play creating things that are going to have a 10 or more X return for you, whether that's intrinsic or extrinsic. Because I don't want to do for me, and I don't like talking about the absence of things, let me clean that up. I like to do work and I want to do work and I want to live in a place where when I get together with clients, this, like, I'm super fired up to do this. I'm committed to this. I'm 100% on board with this. This is, this is what I wake up thinking about. It's what I go to bed thinking about. Cool. Let's do that. That's what I'm going to do. That's the energy I'm putting into it. So if this is a, oh shit, I got the call with Kevin. Where am I with that stuff? No, I don't want to do that. I don't want any part of that. No part of it. So that's, it's, it is, in my opinion, one of the easier things to clean up. It's that conversation that you're constantly having with yourself. To your point, like, man, forget about other people in this world of like somebody disrespected me or they, they were trolling me on social media. I'll guarantee you whatever anybody said to you on social media pales in comparison to the way you talk to yourself. Guarantee it. I, we don't even need to meet. I promise you. And then we guys in this high yeah. performers around, well, I'm just really hard on myself. That's, that's not, that's not what that is. <laughs> that's not what that is. I totally agree with you. Kevin, how can people find you? How can they follow you and keep up with what you're doing? Or if they do want to reach out to you, maybe they're in a place where they, they need to have a conversation. Yeah, best best way to do that is my website, which is Kevin Kermes. That's Kevin, K-E-R-M-E-S.com. Um, I put out every week, sometimes twice a week, an email that is just, here's what I've been thinking about. And it's largely coming out of conversations I'm having with business partners or clients or just conversations like this, what's been coming up. Um, if those things resonate, you know, if this conversation is resonating, those things will. Uh, and then the, the only social media platform I'm kind of on several, but the one that I'm consistent with is, is LinkedIn. I just sort of like, you know, people can malign that platform, but I like it's, it's, it is to me the one that's the most focused on creators right now and people who are trying to put content out there. Um, and, I enjoy the conversations I'm having on there. So that's a, that's a great place to show up to. And whether we talk or not, you'll meet some interesting people in the comments, I believe. 
because I, I love the people up there. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and I mean, good, because I, I don't, it's funny. I'm knock on wood. I don't get trolls. I sometimes I get people who disagree. I cool. We can disagree all day long. Uh, but the, the level of the quality of conversations there, I feel like is really good. That's awesome. Thank you so much hey, you. for your time. This has been a lot of fun and I hope people get something out of it. Absolutely. It's been amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. The question of what's next, something we've all asked ourselves and we'll continue to ask ourselves as we go on in this lifetime, no matter where you are in your journey. I so appreciated the conversation with Kevin about the work that he does and really just the level of introspection it takes to make these key decisions in our lives. And two of the biggest takeaways that I had was intuition and alignment. Listening to that voice within, that fire inside, that's the guiding star. You have the answers, they're within you. And we just go elsewhere to validate the things that we already know and already believe deep within our soul, deep within our essence, in our being, and in our hearts. And alignment. One of the greatest questions you can ask yourself is if you feel in alignment. When Kevin talked about being more of himself, you know those feelings that come up. And if you are in alignment with who you are, it's gonna feel right, it's gonna feel good. And you won't have this tension between financial success and happiness, like he talked about with one of the people that he was working with. You can't have both, but in order to do so, you have to be aligned. So those are two of my biggest takeaways. Such an amazing episode with a person that has such rich experiences and wisdom to give. If you're in a place where you're wanting to explore and need some guidance, direction, and even if it is just that initial conversation and that you just get so much out of that, reach out to Kevin. The information is in the show notes. You can reach out to him on LinkedIn, as he mentioned. Kermis is K-E-R-M-E-S, so you can find him there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow or subscribe to Born Unbreakable so you don't miss an episode. Remember that you are your only limit, so take action today. Rate, review, and share. And I will see you next time for another inspiring episode as we close out 2022 over the next couple weeks. See ya.